0: Hello and welcome to a new episode on the new channel. Today we start with the topic, TikTok Faces an Uncertain Future in the United States. Glow wants to know, what do I think of the United States trying to ban TikTok? I have not super followed it, except to know that apparently the congressional hearings were hilarious.
1: Mr. Chu, does TikTok access the home Wi-Fi network? Only if the user turns on the Wi-Fi. I, I'm sorry, I may not understand the So if I have a TikTok app on my phone and my phone is on my home Wi-Fi network, does TikTok access that network? It will have to, to access the network to get connections to the internet, if, if that's the question.
0: The bill that they've put forth is less just like a sentence saying TikTok should be banned and more... A huge grab for power over the internet and what people can do and be potentially punished for in terms of fines or jail time Don't know the details. As a broad idea, do I think that TikTok should be banned in the US? It would certainly be advantageous for me if it was banned because TikTok is Awful for my business. So speaking selfishly right now, which is not the only consideration I have, but TikTok does not pay Australian creators even a single dime. Doesn't pay Most countries still to this day, despite making billions upon billions upon billions of dollars, zero dollars, because they didn't extend the creator program to other countries outside of the dozen that that are in it already. So in my book, I just think TikTok is taking advantage of people. So from a creator-centric perspective, it would be much better if what happens on TikTok could just be now done over on YouTube where creators uh, get paid actual money for what they do. There is no real benefit for creators for having TikTok continuing to exist now that they've developed that format and that format now exists elsewhere. Certainly YouTube Shorts is not as good as TikTok in terms of developing different tools for people to to use to create content like all the filters and stuff that they have. But TikTok again doesn't pay people in a lot of countries and those countries that they do pay they pay them pennies on the dollar for what the platform actually makes. So, I'm not a fan of TikTok, basically, from the creator experience. When it comes to security concerns, I can't really assess that. I have often said that as an Australian, it's obvious that other countries and other governments have wide access to my own personal data, right? Like, if the US government was like, hey, yo, I want to know everything about that dark vibe AU hey, fella, they could get it in a heartbeat. And I'm sorry to disappoint some people, but I am less concerned about the US government than I am about China. <laughs> Despite America's disastrous foreign policy, and, and the terrible things that they've done, uh, which I'm- It's beyond my ability to assess. The the nuances of all that. I don't like China. And, uh, don't trust them. Don't really trust the US either, but YouTube in general, and even Google, has not done me poorly. Over the course of my life, obviously. And so I would much rather have my fate be in their hands, to whatever degree that it is, than TikTok and um, China, I, I don't believe for a second that the user data of uh, foreigners is not accessible to Chinese authority. I, I don't believe that for a second. Does it represent such a security risk that TikTok should be banned? I mean, considering how many apps are banned in China that are made by Western companies, it's tit for tat or whatever. It's, it, expect to be treated how you treat others. It's somewhat insane for a, a Chinese-based back company to be like, oh, you shouldn't be banning apps of, of people from foreign countries. It's like, my god, what, what country do you come from? The only downside of banning it is obviously all the people who have spent now years making content for the platform and have built themselves an audience there and have uh, enriched their lives by making that kind of content, having that kind of outlet, and that will be denied to them. Like, even if YouTube came to replace That aspect of the market that's currently filled by TikTok, that doesn't mean all those same people would be equally as successful. It doesn't mean that they will- like, every single person would just move over to YouTube Shorts or something. Like, it would have negative ramifications for those who use the platform, undoubtedly. And that sucks for them. But I don't think TikTok is a responsible platform. I don't think it treats its creators well, and I don't trust those who run it. To any degree. Like, like, to what degree you can trust any private company is is very low. But even that tiny amount of trust you generally give companies, they can't even have that. (laughs) Try to literally ban everything from most countries. Yeah, basically. I guess maybe kind of like ripping off the bandaid as fast and as hard as possible to to ban TikTok. But I think ultimately in the long term, it would be the better option. I, of course, can't speak on the actual bill that they're putting forth to ban it and the, from what I hear, overreach and uh, attempts to give themselves extra judicial powers i i can't speak to that i would not approve of such things but we're talking about the concept of banning TikTok in of itself it was uh, removed from how that is actually going to be applied i think it would be for the best not necessarily the best for everyone but it'd be for the best in general because you're never going to have a change that affects the lives of potentially hundreds of millions if not billions of people where everyone's going to win out with such a change new species crab spider discovered in australia So this has made the rounds. There has been a new species of spider discovered in Australia. I have not seen this before. I've heard people say that everything just evolves into a crab. And I was like, this is just a crab and a spider combined. I'm not an expert in spiders or crabs or evolution or anything like that. I'm mainly showing it to you just to freak you out. And the few hundred audio people who just listen to this and don't see it, this is the one time they're in a better situation because you do not want to see this thing. (laughs) Awful. This is how you kill a YouTube video. This was an interesting video though. So the Spiffing Brit in a previous video bought himself advertisements for one of his videos just having it like appear here through the Google Adsense program. So basically people would be getting sponsored impressions for his video. One of the side effects of this was that after the ad program ended the video received far fewer views than it did prior to his running the ad program.
1: So, for the last video, it was a bit of a double experiment, as we deliberately targeted as broad and as large an audience as possible to get as many cheap views as possible, knowing that the audience we were targeting wouldn't watch the actual video, because, well, it's a RimWorld video and that's kind of a niche community. The result was, as expected, a boost in views, but a collapse in watch time and engagement on the video. Now, the YouTube algorithm is kind of brilliant, and it's a bit too perfect. When a viewer quickly leaves a video after realising it's not their cup of tea, and that YouTube kind of recommended and pushed it to them wrongly, YouTube then slows down how much it's pushing the video. This is designed to stop things like clickbait. For the most part, it's brilliant at filtering you, the user, into watching something that's actually worth your time. Now, following our advert test on the RimWorld VOD, the video itself died in terms of impressions, watch time. The only thing it had going for it was views. But as soon as that ad campaign ended, oh, so did the views. Allow me to show you. Here is the glorious previous 90 days of analytics from this fantastic Runeworld vault. See if you can find the window in which we paid for adverts. Oh my, yes, it's right here. Wabam, look at it. This is around the point where we started paying for adverts, where this dip begins. Now, the video had been averaging between 1,500 and 3,000-ish views for around about the last year. It's been incredibly consistent. But as soon as we took out adverts that weren't very well targeted, sure, we got a bunch of views very quickly, but they immediately died and dropped off, and we went down to just getting a few hundred views per day. Effectively, we we were getting less than a tenth of what we were averaging every single day after paying for adverts, which is um, not very good at all.
0: All the people who clicked via the sponsored impressions were people who are less likely to watch the video for a long period. So they might click, watch 10 seconds ago, go, oh this isn't my thing, then leave. Or like a lot of people we were being given these impressions but weren't clicking them. And so the algorithm was like, well this video must suck all these people are ignoring impressions for the video, and those who were clicking it weren't watching for a long time. And so after the ad thing ended, it showed the video naturally to less people. And the reason why this is of relevance to me is because this seems to be somewhat of what reaction content does. Where impressions given naturally here are done with the full weight of the algorithm trying to find the exact right person who would watch a video for as long as possible. Where reaction videos, aren't doing that. The algorithm is trying to find people who will watch the reaction video, not people who will watch the original creator. So people who click through from the reaction video to the original creator are people who are less likely to watch for as long, and who are less likely to click impressions if given them. So those people who go from the reaction video to the original video will get potentially impressions there that they'll ignore, which will hurt the original creator's videos. Either that or they might click on a video and be like, I'm not actually interested in this and click off earlier where a normal viewer wouldn't do that. There is this idea that all exposure is good exposure, but you need to remember that these are algorithms that don't necessarily know why people are clicking a video. They just know that they are. So if you have an influx of viewers who aren't your normal audience who start clicking one of your videos, the algorithm is going to be like, oh, these people must be a new audience that likes the creator. Here, take more videos. When in reality, they might be clicking for an entirely different reason. Drama, or uh, a hate raid, or people clicking because they like the reactor, not necessarily the original creator. And this can fuck with the algorithm and how it treats your videos in in the wider YouTube ecosystem and can really fuck your channel. So in this video from The Veil, How Mizkiff Killed My Channel, he talks about how he believes that the huge influx of viewers from uh, Mizkiff being like, hey, everyone go subscribe to m- the Veil's channel and press like, fucked his channel in the algorithm because it would just pre- present his videos to Mizkiff viewers who are not necessarily the same people who would watch his videos normally. So the algorithm would be like, oh, here Mizkiff viewers, here's the Veil's videos and Mizkiff viewers would be like, well, I don't want to watch these videos. And so his entire channel got fucking nuked into the ground. It's one of the sad tales of, uh, actually, I think he's removed them all. I, I, yeah, I guess he removed all those videos. Originally, he had, um, his biggest videos were re-uploads of reactors reacting to his videos. But I guess he came to understand that that's not really a good way to convince the algorithm that your content has value, or how to help the algorithm find the audience who would watch your content naturally. Rockstar demands five GT5 purchases to unlock GT6 release. So I made a funny joke, and I put it as a community post, and I want to explain to you how it came to be. The following is a message that I made look like it was coming from Rockstar's Twitter. We aren't releasing GTA 6 until everyone buys GTA 5 five times. That's why he put V in title, stupid. (laughs) So I got recommended a really old donkey video where in it he was looking at some guy go through his game collection just chucking aside CDs And the dude's like, Max Payne 2. The fall of Max Payne, classic. Goes to the Flamingo show. Duplicate of Max Payne. Classic, always gotta have two of Max Payne 2. That's why it's called that. You get the full storyline this way. I was like, that's a funny joke. I'm gonna use that joke for GTA 5. And so I put a little spin on it. I couldn't decide whether I wanted like the grammar here to be good, but I made it bad. Because I thought that was funnier because he's calling someone else stupid. And and I thought like putting a five here, it didn't look right. So I put the V there and I think it even sounded even funnier. So yeah, shout out to Donkey for the inspiration for this joke. (laughs) Will my channel grow bigger with the release of GTA 6? The competition with GTA 6 is going to be exceptionally fierce. And I'm going to be spread really thin trying to do everything I want to do with it. Everyone's going to jump onto it and try and make content out of it. And uh, everyone's going to be talking about it. I'm going to have to decide whether I want to stick to single player or do the online or do both Because I'll probably do both. It's just there'll be a lot of really low-hanging fruit that everyone will want to do quickly, right? Like I've got a long list of video ideas of stuff that I want to make, but it's all stuff that will take a lot of effort. ChatGPT created the best GTA 5 fanfiction. I did this yesterday. Meet the ChatGPT. Write a 250-word short story about a man named Trevor, attempting to shoot several meth- dealing bikers with a sniper rifle due to their trying to take over his meth business, but he is ambushed and killed by a cougar. Trevor had been a small time meth dealer for years, but things had taken a dangerous turn when a group of bikers tried to muscle in on his territory. He had tried to negotiate with them, but they wouldn't listen. They threatened him and his family, and Trevor knew that he had to take matters into his own hands. He'd been watching the bikers for weeks, learning their patterns and routines. He knew they were going to be at their usual spot in the woods, counting their money and planning their next move. Trevor had a plan. He had a high vantage point that overlooked the clearing where the bikers gathered and he had practiced shooting from that spot many times. As he set up his sniper rifle, Trevor felt a sense of determination. He was going to take down the bikers and protect his business and his family. He peered through the scope of his rifle, waiting for the perfect moment to take his shot. But just as he was about to pull the trigger, he heard a rustling in the bushes behind him. He turned around and before he could react, a cougar leapt out of the foliage and pounced on him. Trevor tried to fight back, but the cougar was too strong, its sharp claws ripped through his flesh, and its jaw clamped down on his neck, cutting off his air supply. Trevor struggled for a few moments, but then everything went black. The bikers heard the commotion and came running to investigate. They found Trevor's lifeless body, the sniper rifle still beside him. They didn't know what had happened, but they knew that they had won this round. The Cougar had taken care of their problem and they could continue with their plans to take over the meth business. So this is clearly not written perfectly. There's a little bit of repetition and whatnot, but like it's still fine. I have heard that people have basically used AI to write books and then they've submitted it to places in the hopes of just getting a handful of sales for a little bit of money. But could you imagine like a person who's actually writing a book, getting like a little bit of writer's block, not knowing how to write a particular scene and then just throwing a little bit into chat. GPT and seeing what comes out and then taking some ideas from that and then getting past their writer's block to make something actually good Like I could see that happening, right? As a tool to make things a little bit easier You can see how this is gonna be wonderful for people. This is why I created the rambles podcast channel Now for the headline story related to rambles because we always ramble about rambles. I have made a rambles YouTube channel called the rambles podcast This has been a long time coming and I've debated so much whether it makes sense to do this. So why did I finally do it? Receiving the new analytics and finding out how little of my overall views are given by rambles. No longer being confident that the algorithm can distinguish between my rambles and my GTA content to the degree that the existence of both on the same channel isn't limiting either one. By that, I mean, I have received evidence that the channel that the content is on does, to some degree, control who it gets shown to and how far I can reach. And so even while I've clearly been successful with my GTA content, despite my rambles being on my main channel, I'm no longer convinced that I haven't sort of kneecapped my success by keeping them both together. So I'm separating them for that reason. Additionally, I made a video about something that I thought was really cool unrelated to GTA 5, and it received very few views. The engagement was positive, the click-through rate was positive, everything about it seemed to be very good, but it received very few views. And I'm sick of that. I'm sick of not being able to have a reasonable amount of influence outside of making content about games. I want to see if I can improve the reach of my non-gaming content by making another channel. It might fail completely, but in such a case where it does, who cares, really? I'll lose like 2.5% of my views. whoop de doo One thing that stopped me previously was that I now have help on the rambles where uh, Rogério is editing them for me, where I used to edit them myself, or I, well, sometimes editors would do it, but a lot of the time I would be doing it myself. And so my concern was by moving it here, the videos would get less and he would get less money because he gets a percentage of what the videos make. But I'm just gonna move to a flat payment for the videos. So even though the videos will make less money, he will still get paid the same or a little bit more uh, until the channel potentially starts making more money than that again, and then I'll move back to a percentage so he gets uh, gets the benefits from the channel growth. So, so I'll lose some money, probably a lot of money, making this second channel, but it, it's not really a concern. Will this channel increase the amount of rambles that you'll be making in the future, or is the rate going to be the same going forward? Probably about the same going forward. I don't have more stuff to talk about. Won't too many channels step on each other? I don't think so. I don't know why that would be the case, algorithmically. But as I say, rambles represent such a small portion of my viewership that I don't think there's a huge risk here. Even if it fails completely and utterly, it's not a huge loss. I mean, it'd be a loss emotionally, as in, because I like the rambles series, that's why I keep trying to make it successful. (laughs) But uh, what can you do? So we'll give this a go. If it fails, we'll do something else. Gotta experiment, but at the very least, The VOD channel that I made is going pretty well right now and it makes it a lot easier to get additional people on board to work on things specifically because I can just, like, give them access to the channel to a greater degree. So, we'll see what happens. Where does my career go after GTA 6? I looked at an old streamer recently, one I used to watch a long time ago, who used to be like one of the biggest streamers on Twitch, an old Hearthstone Pro, and they were getting 2,000 viewers a stream, which may seem like a lot except that they used to have, like, 15,000 or something, and... the YouTube channel was so dead, like, they were hemorrhaging subscribers, they were losing followers on Twitch every week as well, but all they're playing is, like, Slay the Spire and stuff, or, like, like what I'm doing with, like, Binding of Isaac and stuff, all these small indie games that no one really gives a shit about, but, like, that are super fun to play, and uh, I, I looked at that and I'm like, wow, that is totally gonna be me one day. Ten years from now, when GTA 6, is like a bajillion years old, and I've done everything conceivable with it. I'm just gonna be like, yeah, that's me. I'm done. I <laughs> just played Binding of Isaac Slay the Spire and Noisa forever. But I feel like I'm doing that now. These last couple of weeks where I've just been playing these small games over and over again. It's a very different vibe streaming for funsies than it is uh, streaming for YouTube content. Cause you can still have fun but you know at all times like this. This is gonna be content. You know, you, you can't really just chill and relax You can't just sit and be silent for five minutes. You gotta you gotta make stuff out of this Always gotta be switched on and engaged when you play these small indie games. It's just like eh, We're having some fun. It's cool And then there's sorts of games that benefit the most from this sort of exposure that they get in live streaming because they're like infinitely replayable games What is cotton candy called in Australia? Xander and Yalnif says apparently candy floss or cotton candy is called fairy floss in Australia. Is this true? Yes, it is. But we also call it cotton candy. I very rarely hear it called candy floss. Actually, I probably hear all three, but fairy floss is most common. Fairy floss, cotton candy, and candy floss. Now you know. So we ended here. Thank you for watching and joining me on my new channel. I wish you all the best.